Hey, thanks for joining me on Richard Bay Talk. I'm Richard Bay, along with Albert Reynoso, the producer of this podcast. Hola. Uh, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. All right. Well, it, I, today, this whole thing with the Democrats and the Republicans, they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. I mean, this goes up and down more than the head of an actress uh, performing fellatio on Pornhub. I mean, this is, it's, it's driving people crazy. New York Times had an article yesterday how people are just, Democrats specifically, are hopeless about all this. But on this podcast, I'm going to be talking about uh, the debates as theater. I'm going to be talking about what the Republicans might do if they get in, if they get both houses. It's a possibility. I think they're going to win the House and not the Senate, but we will see. And finally, I'm going to have a piece uh, of my interview with the man some people uh, think started it all. He was, Donald Trump was called the reincarnation of this political figure. And I'm also going to tell you how I got a serious offer to actually run for mayor, but I had to decline. And I'll tell you why I had to decline. So stay tuned for the entire podcast from beginning to end. So I've watched a lot of the debates with all of the stunts, waving the badge, waving the Constitution. Actually, the, uh, the the one I really enjoyed and I thought was one of substance was uh, Evan McMullen, who's running as an independent with the support of the Democrats, even though he's sort of a libertarian conservative. And he's running against Mike Lee, who was a, a guy that was at least in the beginning involved in trying to get the fake electors uh, to give Trump the presidency and overturn uh, that free and fair election. And at one, and Mike Lee, he's known for this. He pulls the Constitution out of his pocket and waves it around. And Evan McMullen says, put that away. The Constitution is not a prop. Perfect retort. And uh, all of a sudden, his prop didn't carry the weight. You know, actors, especially method actors, they love props. I studied acting. And you take a prop and you incorporate it into your character and it shows something about you. But props at debates, well, that's one more indication that these debates are theater. There's no follow-up questions. I can say, what are the circumstances of this woman uh, accusing Herschel Walker of uh, paying for her abortion. And Walker says, it's a lie. And that's all he says. It's a lie. Nobody follows up with, well, how did she get a check from you with your signature on it? How does she have a, uh, a receipt from the abortion clinic? How, how did she get a get well card um, after she had the abortion? And all these things are contemporaneous. And you admit that she is the mother of one of your sons. No follow-up. It's just, it's a lie. Okay, so uh, it's one thing. Oh, and then Rubio and uh, Marco Rubio and uh, uh, Val Demings. Uh, Marco Rubio claimed that oil production in America was down one million barrels a day in the U.S., and I wanted to scream at the TV screen. Val Demings just let it pass. Who preps these people? Oil production this year is, it's, we're not finished yet, but it's, it's up to 11.7 million barrels a day. 
In 2020, the last year of Trump's presidency, it was 11.3 million barrels a day. And next year, United States oil production is projected by the oil industry to set a new record of 12.3 or 12.4 million barrels a day. And yet Rubio just, you know, tossed this off. No rebuttal from Val Demings, no explanation from the, uh, or, or explanation required from the moderators. Just lie. Just get up there and lie and bring your props. Now, it's one thing to be called out for lying on the debate stage. It's quite another thing to be called out for telling the truth, which is just what happened in the Oklahoma governor's debate. Um, um, uh, Hofstetter versus uh, Stitt. Stitt is the Republican governor. Hofstetter actually was a Republican until she decided to run for governor and then registered as a Democrat. But she made a comment about the crime rate in Oklahoma. That was absolutely true. She was mocked by Governor Stitt. She was mocked by the moderator. And the next day or two days later, the news reports, I mean, you know, I, I, I watched a whole news report on Channel 9, which is an Oklahoma station, where they say, well, she might have been right. No, she not might have been right. She was right. Take a look at this clip. So real quick, let's let's keep the pause down. Thank so you. So let's talk about the facts. The fact is the rates of violent crime are higher in Oklahoma under true. your watch than it's in New true. York and California. That's a fact. Well, we'll have that oh fact checked gosh. by the frontier <laughs> superintendent. It's also a fact that medical Hang on, marijuana. Oklahomans, do you believe we have higher crime than New York or California? That's what she just said. Safety and security is my top priority, and it will be as governor. Thank you very much. Let's move on to the next question. All right, that smirking asshole up there, he's the same smirking asshole when the CDC advised people in the, as the pandemic was exploding not to go to places where there were a lot of people around. Well, he took his kids all out to a packed Chuck E. Cheese, took a picture, put it up on Twitter, and uh, showed that he wasn't going to listen to no damn experts at the CDC. But here's a screenshot of one of those news reports from, uh, uh, you know, from Oklahoma. FBI and CDC stats confirm the Oklahoma violent crime rate is higher than New York and California. And if you look at the stats, math doesn't lie. Now, you probably have heard the retort that, well, violent crime is higher in red states across the country. There's also a wave of violent crime in the non-urban areas around the country. Can I get back on, Albert, or not? Here, okay. So, um, and the Republicans say, well, that's because of the, the cities are led by Democrats, and that's why they have crime. Well, even that isn't true. Jacksonville, Florida has a higher violent crime rate than New York City. Lenny Curry is their Republican mayor. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma versus New York. The mayor is a Republican named David Holt. Miami 
has more violent crime than New York. As a matter of fact, Miami experienced double, twice the rate of homicides of New York City. But you don't hear this. I mean, who preps, who, who preps the Democratic candidates to respond to this? And why don't they respond forcefully? So crime is one of the, uh, of course, the, the, one of the top issues now. Uh, you know, Democrats were hoping abortion would be, uh, uh, would maintain its um, intense um, voter provocation for the uh, midterm elections, but uh, crime is one. Inflation is another one. So what are the, Demo- what are the Republicans going to do if they gain power? What are they going to do to tame inflation? Well, Larry Kudlow, I used to listen to Larry Kudlow on WABC. Oh, was it back in 2009, I guess, or 2008? And he was going off on how the Bush economy was the Goldilocks economy. It was not too hot. It was not too cold. It was just perfect. And he maintained this all the way until the financial collapse of 2009. Um. So Larry Kudlow commenting on the British prime minister and her economic plan to tame inflation. Well, he said, it's just what the Republicans will do. Take a look at this clip. Welcome to Kudlow. I'm Larry Kudlow. So the U.S. midterm elections cavalry arrived early in London. What do I mean by that? Well, the new British Prime Minister Liz Truss has laid out a terrific supply-side economic growth plan, which looks a lot like the basic thrust of Kevin McCarthy's commitment to America plan. Let's start with Truss. She is slashing tax rates and deregulating energy. I just love it. That's the liberal business media. This is so wonderful. The liberal business media, you know I'm talking about, is now trashing her plan. That tells me Truss has it exactly right. She intends to permanently reduce tax rates, permanently reduce tax rates on personal income, corporate income, and payroll. Oh, reduce tax rates for the corporations, for the wealthiest. Another round of tax cuts after Trump's tax cut uh, that was overwhelmingly devoted to the richest, the wealthiest Americans. And what happened? What happened, Larry, after she announced her plan? Well, the markets crashed. The pound fell to its lowest level in modern history. Pensions were in danger because of her her plan, anticipation of her plan. And the Bank of England had to step in, um, you know, uh, to stop the chaos. It was a financial mess that led to her having to step down as prime minister after only 44 days. That's just a great plan, Larry. You're doing wonderful. And that's Fox Business News, of course. All right. So the Democrats are, are going to initiate tax cuts. One thing I don't understand is they keep blaming inflation on Biden, citing the American Rescue Plan, which in the end, uh, it gave $1,400, so it was a total of $2,000 uh, 
uh, you know, to each American to help them through the COVID crisis when businesses and people lost their jobs and they couldn't pay their rent. Um, and they blame Biden for that. And that's what caused the inflation, even though it was March 2021. So that was like a year and a half ago. Oh, but that's causing the inflation now. But tax cuts, which put more money in people's pockets, that won't cause inflation. What is inflation? It's too much money chasing too few goods. So, I mean, maybe somebody can explain it to me why a tax cut and, and, and giving people money, tax cuts are not inflationary, but giving people money in, uh, through another process is. And here's the other thing people never mention. In the last days of his presidency, in the last few days of December, in early January, Donald Trump was proposing to give people another $1,400. Donald Trump wanted people to have $2,000 in their pocket, as well as Biden. Now, when it came to the... Um, you know, the Senate and the House Republicans didn't vote for it because they didn't want to do anything that they thought would help Biden. Now, Kudlow, in that interview, went on and said another part of uh, the plan that was great was energy independence. Do you know we are energy independent? Now, if energy independence means you don't import any oil, well, then we haven't been energy independent since 1940. But if it means that we import less oil than we export. Well, yeah, we did become energy independent under that criteria in 2019. And yes, that was when Trump was president. But guess what? It's still true today. We're energy independent under that criteria. All right. So the other thing about that COVID rescue plan, 78% of Americans wanted it. So it was a very popular plan, even though Republicans voted against it. Now, the issue that Democrats thought would be the motivating issue to, uh, to drive people to the polls in this midterm election, that it was going to be abortion. And it still is for 24% of Americans, but it's not the motivating um, factors at this point seem to be inflation and crime, which I've just explained to you are, I don't know, what do Republicans do? When it comes to crime, I saw Paul Begala on one of the talk shows over the weekend, and Paul Begala says, you've got to make it simple. What the Democrats should keep saying is, more cops, less guns. More cops, less guns. And when President Biden talked about uh, police officers, he said, we have to increase funding for the police. And he said it three times so it would get through people's skulls. And that's what Democrats should be saying. More cops, less guns. And frankly, inherent in that is better cops. But it, that'll take an investment, too. So abortion didn't become the big, um, you know, the big issue. But what I notice over and over in the debates, even on the newscasts, when whenever there is a, a pro-life and a pro-choice person, 
the interviewers always revert to a silly whataboutism. So this person wants a six-week ban or a 15-week ban or whatever. And then they turn to the Democrat. Do you want any restrictions on abortion at all? Republicans are attacking you for saying a mother should be able to abort her child until he leaves the, the you know, the, the birth canal, the moment he's leaving the birth canal. I mean, Rubio even said something about that in, in his debate. What I don't get is this. Would it be so hard for Democrats to say this? Third trimesters should be forbidden if the mother is healthy, if the fetus is healthy, if the pregnancy is normal and healthy. I mean, I could live with that. What is wrong with that? And frankly, that's what Roe v. Wade allows. Uh, it allows it. It allows third trimester restrictions. Uh, and that's left up to the individual states. So, yeah, I mean, why why can't they say that? And neuter this whole, this silly whataboutism that Democrats want to kill babies. Shut up. Oh, you're dead. No. And this six weeks abortion plan, this whole idea of the heartbeat plan at six weeks. First of all, you can't have a, a brainwave without a brain. You can't have a stomach ache without a stomach. So how can you have a heartbeat without a heart? There is no heart in a six-week-old clump of cells. And when you listen on a sonogram, the sound is one made by the machine. It's called the Doppler something, and it, it makes this, a sound that resembles a heartbeat as it's picking up some electrical impulses that are developing in the fetus. You want to see what a, 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 a you know, a six-week, um, uh, uh, I don't know, you, would you call this an embryo? I, does, it, yeah, an embryo. Six Embryo is up to eight to 10 weeks, and then it becomes a fetus, all right? This is what a, a six-week-old embryo looks like. It looks like something a cokehead would put on his dish before he snorts it. I mean, that's what they're talking about when they want to protect. So the other argument is, yes, but that clump of cells can't develop into anything other than a human being. Well, that even that's not true. It can develop into, if it's not implanted properly, it can develop into a, a, a you know an immediate miscarriage carriage and get flushed down a toilet. And I once had an argument with a priest who, who brought that argument up. And I said, well, you, you might be right there, but chestnuts can't grow into anything but a chestnut tree. And yet when we roast chestnuts, we don't call it a forest fire. So um, abortion, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in this election today. It doesn't look good. But if the Republicans get in, another issue they have is impeachment. Let them rant and rave about impeaching Biden. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's also theater. It's all theater. 
Um, because even if they, I don't know what you'd impeach him for. What's an impeach? What's a high crime and misdemeanor <laughs> that Joe Biden is is uh, uh, guilty of? And the other thing is, you need 67 votes in the Senate. I don't care how well they do. They're never going to get 67 Republicans in the Senate to impeach him. So this whole thing is just a waste of time. All right. Now, I promised you I'd show you something here. Philly Magazine said that Donald Trump was this man reincarnated. And his name was Frank Rizzo who was a police commissioner in Philadelphia from 67 until uh, 72. And then in 1972 to 1980, he became the mayor of Philadelphia. And in many ways, he was like Trump. He was unpolished. He'd say things that <laughs> seemed to be offensive. He had a tough guy bravado. He had a conservative working-class populism going for him, and a strident demand for law and order. In fact, uh, uh, he advocated uh, while he was a, a police officer that he would police with Spacco il Capo. Spacco il Capo, that's Italian for breaking heads. In fact, Donald Trump, remember when Donald Trump infamously said or tweeted when the Looting starts, the shooting starts. Well, Donald Trump attributed that to Frank Rizzo. Frank Rizzo, when he was elected, he went in and roared to the press that he hated, and he said, get ready for this. I'm going to make Attila the Hun look like a faggot. Yeah, he wasn't politically correct. Now, in the end, there were 10% more murders when he left office than when he began. But uh, when I was in Philadelphia, he ran for mayor for a third term. And guess who was his campaign manager? If you watch CNN, you'll notice a very young Michael Smirkanish. Take a look at this. That we have at this point, and they are preliminary figures, uh, are very encouraging. The turnout in the areas that we needed it to be strong was very strong today, uh, and we remain very optimistic about uh, the final outcome of this race. Okay, Michael Smirkanish, political director with the Rizzo campaign. Thanks very much. Back to you guys. Okay. In refusing to admit defeat last night, Frank Rizzo could not help taking another shot at Wilson Good. Let me tell you, he ought to be ashamed of himself. We're not, we're not done yet, and we're not, let me tell you something, so you'll understand. I, I will never concede to him, okay? What it says to us is that uh, things are still muddy out there, things are still unclear. There is precedent here for the flash returns, and those are the, re the only returns that we have at this point, uh, for being far off the mark. We owe it to everybody who voted in this election to make sure that before we write the final chapter, we're assured of what the final tabulation was. I think that uh, uh, there's a reason to believe that some of the signatures have been falsified. Uh, all right. And there's Mike Smirkanish when he had a bit more hair than he does these days. Now, does that ring a bell? That crowd cheering when Frank Rizzo says, I will never concede. 
um, saying that the uh, you know there were irregularities in the voting. In fact, they demanded a uh, a hand recount. And as what happened in Arizona when they did the hand recount, they found that Frank Rizzo lost by even more votes votes than the initial uh, counting. All right, so I had the opportunity to um, interview Frank Rizzo uh, while he was running for mayor of Philadelphia. And he is a larger-than-life character. He is a brash and uh, full of braggadocio. Uh, he is, you know, people love him. They still love him in Philly, although they, they have a statue that they made to Frank Rizzo uh, that sat in Philadelphia for years. And after the George Floyd murders, people threw red paint on it, they defaced it, and eventually the statue of Frank Rizzo was removed, as were some of those uh, statues of Confederate generals. But uh, here I am interviewing Frank Rizzo in 1987. Not only that, they're on a defensive. The criminals have all the power in this town today. I talk to high-ranking policemen, and this is what they tell me at the meetings. Nobody talks to them about apprehending criminals, preventing crime. They don't talk about it. Don't make any waves. What do you mean, don't make any waves? Lock up criminals. That's what you're supposed to do, and make this city safe. Some of the criminals <clears throat> are on the police department, though. We read well, the papers every day. One cop gets arrested for rape. Another cop gets arrested for purse snatching. So you'll know, let me tell you something real quickly. That didn't happen when we were around. First of all, they're taking people in the police department that should not be members of the police department. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, the cuckoo birds got control. <laughs> why do you hire a guy that's been arrested for burglary? Why do you hire a guy that's been arrested for larceny? Why do you take people that have been found positive for drug use? I, I believe there are some professions that they cannot be involved in, and one of them is being a policeman. And I, know, I don't know if you can answer this at this time. If you are elected mayor, could you work with Mr. Tucker as police I think what, I think that Tucker is a pretty, I think he's a sincere guy. He was in the Secret Service. He was never involved in big city policing. I think with me as the mayor, I could teach him how to be a police commissioner. Okay. But he needs my direction, or Joe O'Neill's direction. Somebody that, was, you know, you just don't make a police commissioner. He's got to come through the ranks. He's got to know what this city's about. He has to know the people, and he has to have a little bit of courage to make the right decisions, to protect the majority, and, and, and protect the rights of criminals, but the bottom line, put them in prison where they belong. Okay. Oh, well, don't you think that uh, Frank Rizzo could be elected today? I, I, that's not a good thing, but don't you think if he was running for governor of Pennsylvania, he would be a stronger candidate than Mastriano? All right, so um, that's the I world. I think he's we'll a bit too in. soft, tell you the truth. <laughs> Stop it. All right, so I told you I was going to tell you how I got a serious offer to run for mayor. So one day I was living in Philadelphia. I'd just been fired from KYW-TV uh, as host of the morning show. And I was looking to move back to New York, where I eventually ended up with WWOR's uh, People Are Talking in New York. And I pull into a gas station. And as I'm pumping my gas, 
I'm surrounded by a bunch of people. It was in North Philly. So uh, almost everybody was black. And there was a crowd of about 20 black men and women surrounding me. And my friend was a guy uh, called Shane Inspector. His wife was best friends with my girlfriend. And so we did a lot of things together. Now, you may recognize the name Specter. Specter, Shane Inspector was Arlen Specter's son, the senator from uh, Pennsylvania. And he was very integral in uh, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia politics. And Shannon saw this and we said hi. And he came up and he said, I want to make a proposal to you. He said, uh, he said, I can't believe how popular you are with the minority population. He said, if you will commit to stay in Philadelphia, and become a Republican, I will do everything I can to see that you're the next nominee for mayor in this city. That's, that's what Spectre said to me. And I said, well, I could never become a Republican. <laughs> so it might've been a whole different Dick Bay story here. Um, but I couldn't have done that. Uh, I can't lie. At least purposeful. I couldn't be wrong, but I can't lie. Anyway, thank you for joining me here today. Um, <laughs> and uh, I appreciate your viewership. I hope you'll come back next week. And I hope that you will share this, uh, that you will uh, repost it on Facebook or wherever you're watching it and tell others about it and say nice things, okay? All right, from all of us here to all of you out there, all my best, take care.